Welcome, one and all, to Talking is a Free Action. This is our weekly show where we peruse and select some of the most interesting people of the material plane and then put them through a set of challenge rooms and questions to find out more about them and the world that they live in. Why, you may ask. Well, I have no idea, personally. It definitely hasn't got anything to do with invasion or higher beings or anything of that sort. I swear it. And anyway, I am the Forge Master and I am one of the Question Masters. You know one of your resident benevolent inquisitors and oh, you are currently in my artificery of authenticity. Now, you may have noticed that I am not alone. And that is because I have been through the material plane and have found this wonderful creature, Devrim, and have brought them here for some fun and games. It is also my understanding that Devrim is also connected to other characters in the material plane, as well as a higher being known as Josh, who calls the real world their home. It's a very weird name for a plane, but whatever. Anyway, it is my hope that we will be able to extract information from Devrim as well as from Josh. Now, Devrim, are you uh, are you all present and accounted for? Uh, I mean, I am now, but last thing I remember, I was just going to sleep. Well, there's no sleeping on the job here, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm sure you'll wake up perfectly well rested. But... Before we can begin, we do have some amazing sponsors and supporters that we must thank. These entities are known as Phoenix Dice, Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms, Elderwood Academy, and Bearded Ladies. I should also mention our special fondness for our audience members known as the D20 Club. And if you'd like, you can join them by supporting us on Patreon for as little as one of your local currency. Or one goat, apparently in the script now. If you can't join us in the Artificery of Authenticity live, you can always listen to our favourite podcasting app by searching Roll Together RPG. And if you wanted to find us on any of the planes known as social media, just search for Roll Together RPG. Now, Devrim, you are in the Artificery of Authenticity for the next 55 minutes or so, so we shall wander my workshop and see how you fare against the challenges within. If you come across anything that you don't want to deal with, you can skip the room by saying, talking is a free action, and we'll get a chance to ask Josh some questions instead. Once the 55 minutes or so are up, you will be safely taken back to the exact moment that I took you from, and you'll have no memory of this ever happening. Is there anything that you would like to say before the games begin? Well, I mean, this sounds very interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Good, right. Well, we shall probably start then by uh, rolling a d100, if you'd be so kind. What's what's so? Is 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 that? Check your top pocket. Okay. Oh, (laughs) my favourite colour. Colours, should I say? Um, Good. I must say that. your, I'm rather intrigued with your uh, forge that you have here. Um, my family is in the forging business. Uh, mm. It looks it looks very nice. Very kind of you to say. It's built to my exacting specifications, and uh, you'll notice the high ceilings for no reason at all. Oh, yes, uh, it is 
It is it is very nice, yes. Uh, uh, I rolled the dice and I rolled uh, a mm. 60. 6-0, you say? Yeah, 6-0. Yeah, six, six right, well, let us, uh, let us begin then. I just take this fob of keys from my pocket. Never mind that there's quite a number of them. We probably won't get through all of them. I never have before. I shall just unlock this door and let's see what's within. So as you take a look and you, you step into this room, you notice that your way is blocked by a large ornate mirror. Cast your own reflection and that of the corridor behind you back at you, but uh, is it? Is it the same corridor? On closer inspection, a few things seem off. How would you get past? Uh, I'd like to see what looks... What, what exactly it is that looks off, I suppose. You seem to you seem to emphasize that phrase. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, what looks off? Please roll me an investigation check. I can indeed. That is a 14. A 14. Right, well... As you look into this corridor, you, you'll notice that we haven't fully left the workshop, so it's still a little bit uh, slapdash, it's a work in progress, as it were. So the, the windows in this corridor are boarded up. There's some the skirting boards haven't been replaced. Oh, have they? You notice that in the reflection, actually, the skirting boards are fine. And, well, while the windows are not quite in a perfect nick just yet. They're not boarded, but they do have some sort of tarpaulin over them. Interesting. Um, I'm not 100% sure uh, what to do here. Um, you say the skirting board on this side is a little bit haphazard and not the same as the skirting board on the other side. Is that right? That is right, yes. But you can see that the bare materials are uh, are around. I, uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe um, I'll pick up some of the material. Well, that's a good point, really. Is the mirror magical at all? I don't know. What's your uh, perception like for this sort of thing? Are you, would you call yourself particularly knowledgeable of magical ephemera? Uh, my family. <clears throat> I'm not um, like sort of proficient in the arcane, as it were. Um, my family used to. A very, very long time ago, forge magical items, but uh, there was an incident with some items and some gods, and a uh, curse was placed on my family. And now all we can make is extremely well crafted things, just not magical, I'm afraid. Um, I'm the exception to the rule of not being able to use magic, showing off my bare arms with runes on them. Uh, we don't know why, but anyway. Um, I'll tell you what, make me an arcana check and let's see whether you're uh, pulling back that recessive gene again. That's a dirty 20. That seems pretty good to me. Um, Yes, this does appear to be a magical mirror, so you'd think that perhaps something within the mirror is what's causing this uh, disruption to to appear slightly different. Hmm, I wonder if... Okay, so I'll start picking up some of the tools. Um, I'll pull out my large war pick that I carry around with me um, and I'll start mending things with the war pick 
because you know overcompensation uh, start sort of hammering in the uh, skirting board to make it match the other side roll me are you proficient with a carpenter's tool or any any kind of uh, woodworking uh, equipment? Leather workers' tools, masons' tools, and smiths' tools. I'm more of a a blacksmith. I think masons' tools are probably uh, probably the, the the right fit here. Um, so roll me a uh, any dexterity um, based skill with with uh, your proficiency added. Okie dokie. Uh, that would be ooh, with proficiency added. I don't. I'll just roll. If you don't have uh, any, just add it manually in your yeah. head. <laughs> I rolled a natural one for a five. Well, you try to match as, as best you can. And you, you realise that in trying your best to, to match what's in the mirror, you're doing a, a much shoddier job than you'd be happy with. Fortunately, however, the reflection seems to be uh, skipping ahead in time rather than... Uh, it's it's not faking the image, it's just showing you the job that you just did. It's just not as good as you would have hoped. All right, okay. Um, and then you said something about tarpauling being there? Hmm. Yeah, but ah. the, the windows are currently boarded. Ah, okay. Uh, and there's no way for me to get past this mirror? Not presently. I'm wondering if I should just smash the mirror and move forward. Yes, I'll just walk up to the mirror and see if I can smash it. Well, roll me an attack on the mirror. Uh, that would be a dirty 20 again. I think that'll do it. Um, the mirror smashes into uh, many, many tiny little pieces. Uh, you notice that the image on the other side stays the same as if it had been glass all along. Oh, Interesting. I'll yes, see I'm if I can fix that later. Uh, sorry about that. Um, you know, I'll just carry on walking. Yes, you you walk through, get to the end of the corridor, and there's another door. Please roll me a d100, won't you? I shall indeed. Get my notepad out. I don't know. Magic mirror. Apparently, I don't like rolling any of the numbers in between. Uh, that was a ninety. Nine zero, right. Nice and rounded, that's what I'm feeling. Hmm. Um, I put the, the key into the door, but I, I leave it for you to have a go at opening this one. Please, after you. Thank you. You struggle to open the door a little bit, and then as you push, you notice that sand has piled up behind it. As you enter the space proper, you find yourself in an open desert landscape. A bright sky and dunes for miles around. In front of you is a smug-looking Leonin statue, which is blocking the door out of this room. The door itself isn't attached to any walls, is freestanding, but uh, as you approach, the statue grins as they ask. What is always old and sometimes new, never sad, Sometimes blue. Never empty, but sometimes full. Never pushes. Always pulls. Interesting. I mean, first of all, I'd like to note that we are in a desert. I currently am in a desert 
at the moment while well, I'm in a, in a woodland area, or well, I was when I was asleep. Uh, mm. Travelled to Zakara, uh, doing some work. Um, yes, this is the sand pit room. Mm-mm. Okay, it's 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 a sandbox, if you would. It, it seems to stretch for miles, and it seems that I can go anywhere that I want to. Yeah, you could if you wish to. Uh, I'm not going to though, because going into a desert sounds like a rather silly idea. Uh, yes, I actually, forgot to pick up your water skin before we left, so. I was going to say, I haven't got anything. Um, uh, so, I don't know. Would it be um, water, the sea, the ocean? Is that the answer? It's blue, it pools. Sometimes blue. Yeah, water can sometimes be new. It comes from the mountains. Never empty? Is the sea empty? No, it's never empty. No, it's never empty, no. It's full. Oh. Yeah, I'll go for it. Oh, okay. Can I have my truth now? Oh, greedy cat, you, you know that wasn't the answer, and yet you expect payment. Fine. Get some cable out of my hand. There you go. Oh, it, it wasn't. Right. What, what was the answer then? Oh, well, I'm not spoiling that now. People oh. will have to find out on another episode. Okay. Um, do I just go through the cap? Uh, yes, please just roll me another D100. Okay. He stood in, stood in front of the door. He moved to one side now that he's got his biscuits. I have just completed the dungeon. I rolled a 69. Nice. Nice. Uh, right. Well, you might not be so pleased with yourself when you see what's on the other side of this door. Get out a, a key, which is slightly rusted. Seems to have got a, got a bit of wear and tear to this one. I op- open the door and you uh, you peer in and... I mean, do you, do you go through the door or do you want to explore the desert a bit more? I'll definitely go through the door. I'm, uh, I don't want to get lost in the desert. It is just dunes for, for miles and miles. Um, all right, well, as you uh, step in, you find yourself in a poorly lit, surprisingly cuboid tunnel with uneven flooring. You stumble as you walk through and brace yourself against the wall, but then you recoil. The walls of the tunnel are damp and slimy. Some might even say moist. You hear an ominous, gelatinous slapping from the cuboid corridor up ahead, blocking your way to the door on the other side. What do you do? Um, well, I'll put my war pick away, and I draw a hilt that I have on my side, and in Dwarven I say, finish, and it ignites into a sunblade, because I have one of these. Oh, right. I'll, I'll hold it up over my head, pull my shield out, use it for light because it gives me 15 foot radius, and I'll carry on walking forward, uh, being very mindful of what is around me, checking for traps if you really want to know. Um, what is your passive perception? Uh, uh, um, I only have one eye. My other eye is um, uh, not quite glass, but it's like a. It's not. It's fake. 
uh, what's it called? A, a, a rat's eye is the item, I believe. Hmm. A satsu eye. Um, so of, my passive perception is nine. you are. Nine, right. I would say, though, I'll, I'll allow a roll. Because you have specified that you're trying to look out for traps and trickery, so... Uh, perception? That's an eleven. I mean, it's a little bit better. You notice a slightly translucent surface coming up ahead of you. It's a very slightly tinted green. It sort of moves in a sort of almost liquid form, but, but it's upright. And it's perfectly shaped for this space. Right. As you peer into it, you notice some uh, odd scraps of armour and bone. Well, that doesn't look very pleasant. Um, I mean, there's nobody else here. Um, talking is a free action? Of course. And as we leave the dungeon, then, uh, Josh, I get to talk to you. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yes, not too bad. I'm glad you did that because I don't actually have the uh, stats for a gelatinous cube prepped. Um, so, you know, we'll... <laughs> Yay. A hundred possibilities, you say? I could... I mean, I have got that many tabs, but they're not... Anyway, um, do you want to roll me a D100 for a question? I can indeed. Uh, that is a 42... 42. I find this quite pleasing as well because um, the last time I did Tia, um, Tiafa, we call it, talking as a reaction, um, we were we were sitting in the other chair. I mean, we weren't literally in the other chairs, but you were the question master and I was Rody last time I did. Yes. I think. Yes, that is true. I've got no idea how that sits for uh, the, the audience at home because, um, you know, we don't necessarily record in the order that we put things out. Um, that's all preamble anyway for while I cover me getting to this one. And I think this is going to be a difficult one for you to answer, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> if all of your characters had to fight each other, who would win? I find this interesting because you, you play a lot of fighters, so you have a lot of kind of martial... Um, yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add a spanner in the works as well. Oh, Don't just you... pick the person who's the highest level. Let's, let's assume that they've all leveled to the same point. Um. Uh, oh. Okay. So, Rizikiel, who I played in the mm -hmm. Silver Age campaign, is the only one that is a full caster. He was a level twenty bard. So, but then mm -hmm. everybody else would be bumped up to his level, I reckon. So, it being he's the highest. No, was he level twenty? No, he was level eighteen. Sorry. Mm. Um. Because then casters do tend to slightly start to outshine, don't they, towards yeah. higher levels? So. I have a feeling that the person that would win would probably be Jakarth. Mm. Jakarth Prime, as he's apparently now known, um, after the events of Trust and Glass. Because mm. he had a bit of a class or a bit of a subclass change when he came back in, when he was recruited. He'd spent some time uh, speaking to or being trained by Arcana from at Death's Door and Delivery uh, to how with 
being able to detect portals and stuff. So his subclass changed to one of the other <laughs> one of the other ones. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. So uh, as we uh, saw, in, is it Fey Wanderer? Fey Wanderer or Horizon Wanderer. Walker? It's one of the two. Are they different? Yeah, Fey, one of them allows one of them allows you to detect portals and teleport when you attack, which is what I was doing with Jakarth when we were fighting. Yeah, Loki slash Jack. So I think for that reason, the fact that he can teleport like crazy, he can cast haste on himself, mm-hmm. and has the as a hybrid has the ability to climb, um, so he can get up quite high and out of the way of things. I think he would win. It would be between him and Rizikiel, I reckon. But then saying that Rizikiel didn't have any ranged attacks rather other than um, animate objects and wish. I wish I had a ranged attack. Um, cool, right, Bob. You managed that surprisingly easily. I, th- I was, I thought there was going to be a lot more uh, to and fro between your martial. Uh, Surprise, Garnot never saw a. Uh... Garnot is. I don't see. I've never played. Um, I, I haven't played um, a high level f- fight, pure fighter before. And I have been to and fro as to whether I should, uh, next time I play Garnot, and if he levels up again, whether I should start multi-classing him into something else. Mm-hmm. So Sneak I'm not... For those at home. Yeah, so I'm not 100% sure what direction he's going to go in. So um, I know where Rizekiel sits, obviously, because he's because mm-hmm. of the level he is. And Jakarth is pretty much finished not in not in terms of like me playing him, but in terms of his leveling up, he's not gonna. I'm not gonna suddenly dip into rogue or dip into barbarian or something with him. He's probably gonna go fighter the rest of the way or ranger the rest of the mm. way. One of the two. So um, yeah, you're, you're not gonna take any, anything else. So it's a fairly yeah. So it's a fairly linearish. Th- yeah, those two are two characters that I'm pretty set on. So that's why I think. And with the fact that you know Jakarth can knock out nearly thirty points of damage per attack. Um, I think even with Rizekiel having, I think one of the highest HPs of a level eighteen character on roll together. I think he had like nearly three hundred hit points. Um, yeah, so I think so. Somebody said that. Um, I think it's It'll on, be the, on the wiki. I think it's on the wiki. Yeah. So, um, but I think Jakarth would 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 uh, snap it just. I, uh, I think I'm going to ask for another question while I've got you. So, okay, okay. let's roll another D100. Roll that dice. That is yeah, a roll, 56. Roll 56. Don't have to scroll far. Oof. It's always nice when you don't have to scroll far. It is always nice, but uh, not to this question. Okay. You must kill off one of your living D&D characters. Who and how? Rizekiel. <laughs> because <laughs> Stuart Jakarth killed him in the challenge. Yeah, no, Rizikiel. So, as um, as a lot of people may or may not know, a lot of my characters are connected through family. So, Rizikiel is um, Alaric. It, so, Rizikiel, who I played in Silver Ridge, is Alaric's dad. Alaric is the character that I played in Huxley's book club. Alaric is Jakarth's father and Garnot's adopted father. You can see how it's getting confusing um, mm-hmm. because I can't do anything simply. 
So, um, and as we discovered in Huxley's book club, um, Ezekiel was not a very nice uh, person when he was younger. Uh, left his son to die in a dragon's cave, and even though his son was the one that killed the dragon, he took all the glory for it. Um, so, just for that, he would be the one that died. I can't say Alaric, because Alaric is technically already dead. As he died at the end of Huxley's book club, sort of like after... Spoilers. Spoilers, sort of uh, post-credit scene. Well, it wasn't post-credit, it was sort of like he dies between at the end of Huxley's book club, like behind the scenes, off-camera. Off-camera is the word I'm looking mm. for. Dies of old age. Mm. So yes, Ezekiel, because he's not very nice. And just hear the, the frenzied whiteboard marker pens of everyone kind of trying to connect the dots. Okay, so this this occurs behind before this, and this occurs there, and then the gatekeepers are like, Boom, just circular tiny wipe. What's um, made it even worse though with that hmm. is with a murderous symphony, we introduced Zana Galathrae, play played by Scarlet, and Zana is Jakarth's cousin through Jakarth's yes. mother. So that unlocks another branch of characters that I could play. And hmm. then in a scaling effect, Ali introduced Garnot's blood brother, blood relative brother, older brother. So that's unlocked another tree of characters that I could play. So it could get very complicated. I mean, it sounds pretty complicated already, but um, there's always room for a bit more complexity, isn't there? Oh, definitely. Shall we, um, speaking of complexity and difficult solutions and problems, shall we go back to uh, Devrim? Yes, see what sort of mess he's going to get himself into next. See you back in the artificery of authenticity, and as you, um, as the words leave your throat, you blink and you notice that uh, the way is in fact clear. Must have just been some goop in your eye that was making you think there was a gelatinous cube or something of that nature there. Hmm, that was a really weird, almost out-of-body experience. Oh well. Uh, you say the way's clear? I'm just carrying on walking. It is. Still a little bit sticky, but um, you know, no, no idea why. Um, please roll me a D100 for uh, the door on the other side of this corridor. That is a 43. 43. You've broken your zeros streak. I have. 43 is not even, it's not even a multiple of anything. That's a, that's a prime number, isn't it? Yes, I think. Well, Sorry, well, I recently, I recently have an, in, I recently had an incident with uh, one of my um, comrades has uh, an item that you draw cards from, and it does like magical things to you. And I drew a card, and I felt myself lose some memories, and I wasn't myself. And I recently came back to how I was, as it were. So, um, my brain is still unmuddling, if that makes sense. Right. Well, I feel a little bit bad about what I'm going to have to do to you in half an hour, but um, I mean, not that guilty. Never oh. mind. I unlock this door, and as you open the door, we step out, and you find yourself in a hedge maze. Somehow in the middle, you don't remember entering it proper, but um, you, you're standing there. Even if you turn around, you can no longer see the door behind you. 
but this hedge maze, it has vines pulsating and curling. The maze ever-changing around you. How would you find your way out of such a maze? Uh, uh, are the vine, are the pulsating vines on one particular side, or are they on all both walls, all walls? Seems to be all walls. You, mm. as you walk down this corridor, you might turn back and you see a gap where there wasn't a gap, or you see a hedge where there wasn't a hedge. Oh, that's not very good. Um, well, I definitely. I suppose if I'm in the middle of the maze, I take it, obviously no door behind me. There's no structure or anything here, is it? It's just I'm in the middle of a maze corridor sort of thing, yes? Indeed. And you, you notice as well that uh, the hedge maze stretches 20 foot up. Oh, and it's just started raining. <sighs> Great. Okay. Well, I'll start walking uh, in front the, the way that I'm facing. Um my best thing with mazes is always to keep to the right, I believe. So I will do that for a little bit to see if that gets me anywhere. I'll keep to the right. Roll me survival. Uh, uh, that's a two for a one. A two for one. Well, it's a very good tactic, and it's a very smart tactic for those of you who are wandering through a mundane maze, but in a magical maze, unfortunately, sticking to the right only works if you know that you're going to be travelling along the same path. That's not something that uh, you can guarantee in this maze, unfortunately, so as you wander around, you realise that a fair bit of time has passed. Or has it? Who knows? Right. <sighs> Draw the sunblade again, finishing dwarf. Um, I'll just look up to see if I can see the Forge Master anywhere. Uh, sorry! And I just start hacking at the base at one of the walls. Oh. Roll me your attack on my hitch. Excuse me. I'll do this two hand. Uh, no, I'll do it one handed. That's a 27 to hit. 27 to hit. Please roll me your damage, presumably fire. It's radiant, the vines radiant over them. Vines definitely don't like that. It's 15 points of damage. 15, right. As you carve your way through, I mean, radiant would be uh, roughly what they would feast on from uh, sunlight, but uh, not in this concentration. And they, they don't like it up. Them. And uh, you carve yourself a little archway. It doesn't seem to grow back in the place, and uh, you just can you keep doing that. And four walls later, you're uh, still on the outside. Oh, well. Uh, sorry about that. Sorry, right. is there a door? Well, as it happens, you could you look to one side, and you can see a freestanding door. Right. Well, um, I'm sorry about that. Uh, there's not much I can do to help, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Okay. Okay, yeah, right. I'm just walk to the door. I might just have to retire this particular hedge for 50 years while it grows back, that's all. I'll come back in 50 years if you want to take it to go through it again. If you want it trimmed again. Please roll me a d100. I shall indeed. Uh, that is a 97. 97, right. 
Oh, I think this is called karma. As oh. I put the key in the lock, you notice that the key is glowing slightly. You wonder how I'm not burning my hands. It's a forge master secret that is thick skin on the fingers. But as I turn the glowing hot key and open the door, everything is on fire. You don't even remember walking into this room, but uh, suddenly you are inside the room. There is a thatched roof which is on fire. There are curtains which are aflame. There are burning chairs and tables. Even the hob looks quite hot. Through the haze of flame and smoke, you can vaguely make out the shape of an exit on the other side of the door. What do you do? I stand in the middle of myself. Yes, yes, make sure you, you hide. Oh, I don't have a water skin on me, so I can't. Ugh. It's a bit warm in here. Well, I'll, I'll stand in here while everything is on fire around me, and I'll just sort of look to the camera and just say, everything is fine. Memes. Um, right, so I'm oh, just trying to think of what I can do in this situation. Oh, da, 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 da. I need to get out of here is the thing. I need to get to that door. Does this, I take it with everything being on fire that the structure looks unstable? It does definitely look unstable. And as if to illustrate the point, a rafter just falls to the floor. Complete. I've run out of synonyms now. It's ablaze. They're all, lots of things are ablaze. Right, okay. So, um, move my shoulders around or stow the sunblade. I don't think I'm going to need that for the minute. Move my shoulders around, crack my neck a bit, flex my arms, my runes begin to glow, and you watch as my left arm grows in size, sort of falls to the floor. Oh, then my head grows in size, and I go to fall forward because I can't quite, you know, head's a bit too big. And eventually my entire body just grows and I go from a medium creature to a large creature as I use giant's might to make myself bigger. And I get down into a position of uh, preparing to run, get my shield out, put it in front of me, and I just bowl it straight towards the to the straight towards the door through the flames, through anything mm. that is in my way. Roll me a strength check. Or athletics if you prefer. Uh, I will go for athletics. I have advantage on it. Mm. Uh, that is a natural 20 for a 28. You uh, you brace yourself against the uh, heat of this inferno and plough your way through the, uh, the doorway, smattering it into smithereens probably want to roll a d100 to see what you see but uh, as I nonchalantly just walk through the blaze I click my fingers and uh, the, the fire goes away roll a 16 16 I've got to scroll all the way to the top of my scroll have I sorry <clears throat> you uh, you barrel through this door and out into a, a, a green meadow and all thoughts of fire and flame behind you. I mean, even if you were to look behind you, you can't see anything, not even a door. You're just in the middle of a meadow. And sat in this meadow is, uh, is you. You at level one. We'd want to uh, try and 
associate a level with how one was a couple of years ago. Well, level one is what you would feel. Your uh, level one self excitedly asks you for some advice on your current situation. How would you advise yourself in this, in this place? I was, I'm going to look myself up and down first because I am young there. Took me a while to get to the level of that, that I'm at now. Anyway, um, so you want advice? I mean, the biggest piece of advice that I could give you is don't draw from the deck at all. Uh, it might seem fun at the time, but... Uh, forgetting who you are, effectively, is uh, not fun. Surround yourself with good people. I'm surrounded with some good people at the moment. I lost contact with them a while ago. Um, and just don't be an ass. And keep up with your craft. The family, keep up with the family craft. It's it it's important. You won't realise just how important it is until you lose the ability to do it. Okay. Well, some, some very good nuggets of information there. I feel most bad that I'm going to erase your past self's memory as soon as he leaves the artificery as well. Sorry. Well, if I, if, if I didn't, then you wouldn't be where you are now. You wouldn't be who you are now. And, you know, we wouldn't get to do this. So that's true. Unfortunately, I've got to leave the Jeremy Baremy as it is. Goodbye. Let's walk off. <laughs> As we stroll through this meadow, I think uh, I think I myself am going to see talking as a free action because I'd quite like to talk to Josh again. Hello, hello there. Ah, please roll me a d one hundred and let's uh, let's find out a little bit more about you, shall we? Okay, do you do that? Is a twenty-two. Twenty-two. I quite like that. The questions I'm not having to scroll too far on, but uh, that the rooms I'm the rooms are all over the place. At the bottom, uh, twenty-two. What is Devrim's morning routine? Ooh. Um, morning routine would be get up, have some form of liquid. So coffee, if there's coffee in Sakara, which I reckon there probably is. Um, Main export, I'd have said. Yeah, I reckon so. Um, get dressed and get on with his day, basically. He'd, he'd do... Um, yeah, he's, he's a very... Um, simple in terms of like what he like his uh, creature habits he's he doesn't have anything sort of eccentric that he likes to do um, and also he as we've probably seen he's very wants to get things done so he as soon as he wakes up he's, he's one of those people that wakes up goes to work comes home goes to bed gets up in the morning goes to work again and not somebody who likes to have a lot of free time because he doesn't know what to do with himself when he's got free time so I reckon that's what his morning routine would be get up drink a non-alcoholic beverage um, go to work and that that would be about it yeah he's not he's not as interesting as the other characters that I play <laughs> all good it's nice to know that someone is no nonsense yeah well it, it depends on who he's with <laughs> The nonsense doesn't come from him, safe to say. He just partakes in it, if it's there. Mm. Um, right, well, that was a fairly easy question, so let's let's have another. 
Another. Another. Oh, that is an eight. Eight. Very little scrolling again. That is going to be hard to uh, to not scroll far after this. <laughs> Interesting. Um, describe your character's ideal date. Now, I'm assuming this is the uh, the date event rather than who they would date. Although, if if you know that, then feel free to go into the detail. But uh, yeah, what what sort of date would Devram take a person on? Please. I don't even think he's ever thought of that. He's always just worked. Hmm. That's, in- that's an interesting question. I haven't delved too Dating far. falls under the realms of nonsense then. Yeah, under the under the uh, free time part. Yeah, he's, he's very much a workaholic, not really into having a relationship. We've not really delved into his backstory that much so far. Um, mm. So we don't know much about it. But yeah, no. Uh, in terms of, in terms of actually going on a date, again, he's very plain and boring in that regard. He would just be focused on work. In terms of the date, as in, like, where he is at the minute. Um, well, I mean, he's currently on an adventure with uh, three other people for a figure known as the Constant, uh, who is sort of like the Zakara counterpart to the Count. Um, traveling to a mine to see why it's stopped producing its product. Uh, he's drawn. He's been fiddling around with a deck of many things, uh, as have some of the other party members, which has had both hilarious and um, <laughs> not so hilarious outcomes. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's about it. So if if Devram's a workaholic, do you think that? Perhaps it would literally be I brought my date to work. Probably. See what I do on a day-to-day basis. Probably he, yeah. If if he was to have a date, he would either bring them to work with him, or if he's doing something that's not meant to be well known, he would probably take them to a forge of some sort because his family are known forges. He forges. Uh, uh, that sometimes that is his job. He does forging. Other times he goes and is an adventurer so yeah yeah probably do that but not so good at forging a connection no unfortunately not (laughs) yeah um right well sorry to all of you devrim shippers out there uh i know there's two of you um let's roll let's roll another question okay yeah we're going through the questions quite quickly unfortunately devrim's not the most interesting of people that's a 41 41 41 Sounds familiar. Yeah, I thought so. Um, I'm going to skip to the one before because 41 is uh, we've we've already had. Okay. Which two characters from Roll Together do you ship the most? Oh lord! Now, this this question doesn't specify that it has to be your characters, but I guess your characters you would have the most. Um, uh, knowledge of uh, like them and their interactions with others, but uh, yeah, is there anyone else that you've? Um, uh, maybe maybe not obvious couples like um, Hunk and oh, I was in that campaign. Um, Mike's character also began with an H, I think. I'm gonna regret saying that now because I can't remember. 
that, um, that rules out what my answer is going to be then, because my answer is going to be Persephone and Ashra, but they're already a thing in Gloomfalls. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah, that's, that's mainly because it's live at the minute. Um, let's chip a couple of oddballs together. Oddballs? Oh, Lord. Um, okay, by the gods. Starcross lovers who haven't met yet. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I'm mm. just trying to think of characters off the top of my head. There's I'm so sorry, many. Just, just throwing you a ton of curveballs here just to make this one harder. Um, but I'm trying to I'm trying to be clever and think of characters that have been that have appeared in campaigns that I haven't appeared in, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm going to say, um, <laughs> I'm going to say Arcana mm-hmm. and um, Doctor Durrani. Just because of how their relationship ended in delivery, Nora. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not who I was expecting you to say. I, I, like, obviously, having DM'd um, Arcana and yourself in um, at Death's Door, I was wondering whether you were going to say either Jakarth or um, I think um, Eltrion had a. Um, a, a bit to do with Arcana, so those were the two I was expecting you to say. But um, yeah, definitely star-crossed lovers. If uh, if they were to somehow get make their way back, uh, we know obviously Nora failed to be in um, Trust and Glass. Yes. So, but you know, maybe she'll maybe she'll manage to get her way off of uh, Corazon at some point. Yeah, I just I just think that there's, I just. I just picture that those two are going to cross paths again at some point, and it's not going to be a let's we're going to fight to the death sort of situation. It will be a um, they'll make up in some way. Um, so that would be the ship that I would say, yeah, yes, yes, we will, we will see. Watch this space. Um, I think let's go back to the artificery. Okie dokie. And as we descend back into all the bodies and we find ourselves in the meadow, there's a door that wasn't there before. Oh, I'm a poet. And I wasn't aware. Uh, please roll me a d100. Okie dokie do. That is a 28. 28. Oh, not quite so much scrolling this time. Thank you very much. <laughs> I do try to not be a pain sometimes. Hmm. Good. Well, as we, uh, I pull a key off the fob, and uh, it it seems a little bit uh, nautical in ways. It's got uh, sort of not quite anchor designs. It's not that uh, that literal, but uh, it just it, it reminds you of something that you might find on a ship. And as I open the door, we find ourselves in the open air docks of Luscan. People go about their daily business, but uh, as they do. You notice a plump-looking coin purse, unattended, in the middle of the thoroughfare. Nobody else seems to be looking, so you pick it up out of curiosity. Inside, you find what you would estimate to be about 200 gold pieces, as well as a a sketch, an artist's portrait of your mortal enemy. Who would be your mortal enemy, out of interest? Oh, uh, that would be uh, a dwarven... Dwarven gentleman by the name of uh, uh, Kim Dak was a bully when I was at home. Um, mm. Done this to me, point to my missing eye. 
Um, I did wonder why your younger self also had it. I thought, oh, you yeah. didn't do that recently as I'd have imagined. No, no, no. It's uh, when I was a, a wee whippersnapper, as uh, as my father would say. Um, Kim Dak, you said. Kim Dak, yes. He's a Kim Dak. horrible, horrible person. I ran into him a few years ago. He's uh, running some sort of a bandit crime ring or something. Um, yeah. Uh, well, this uh, this sketch appears to be of Kim Dak, and uh, but showing a side that you weren't aware of, because Kim Dak appears to be uh, laughing and playing with a pair of children, a very striking resemblance to them. There is a guard, you noticed, know, standing idly nearby, but uh, has not noticed you. What do you do in this situation? Two hundred gold uh, pieces of Kim Dak's money. Uh, I've. I don't like him. Never have. Never will. Uh, he was one of the reasons I ended up leaving Mithril Hall. Mm. Uh, well, pocket the coin pouch, walk towards where the docks are, throw the picture into the docks and look for the Forge Master. I, I'm done now. Can I leave? That is not the way I thought that was going to go, but fair enough. Sometimes these emotions, they get, they get the best of us. I mean, if he's here, I could go hunt him down, but he's not really worth it, to be fair. Fair enough. That's fine. Let's uh, let's just go into this tavern here and I'll get my keys out. Could you roll me a D100 to, to pick one for me? I can indeed. That is a 10. 10. Oh, Good, we're back on our uh, streak of zeros, rounded numbers. And quite close to the previous number. Hmm. But not as close as you might have liked. For, as I open the door to this pub, we don't walk into a pub at all, no. We find ourselves on the edge of a crevasse. A crevasse looking over a wide uh, landscape of bone all over the place and in the distance you notice well, there is a, a skeleton that looks rather like a tarasque behind which appears to be stuck a large tarasque I don't know what else to tell you it's very angry and it seems to be stuck and it's not happy about it we're probably doomed any last words? well it seems to be st are they stuck in position or Oh, no, it's not really hindering it very much. It's just annoying. Oh, right. Well, I mean, I'll just say talking is a free action, and I have got no idea what to do here. Oh. Get me out Fair of the enough. bone zone. Never said I was in the bone zone. No, but I am. That's Look fine. at all the bones. We've we've raised out of the uh, out of the level now, so um, I think I think a little bit of fourth wall breaking is allowed. Not that I've been restraining myself. Um, Please roll me a d100. I can be. Ooh, that nearly flew out at me then. That's, oh, I'm sorry for this. That's a 74. 74. It's fine. It's fine. Right. Is there a moment in a TTRPG that impacted your life out of game? Yes. Uh, ooh, straight away. Yes, there is. Uh, so it was an offline game, uh, mm -hmm. off-stream, in-person game. Um, and it was 
I mean, there were, there were moments in the game. The, the campaign itself has been going for eight years, and it's due to finish wow. relatively soon. Uh, DM has said, go and buy where we currently are. It's probably three sessions left. Uh, we play monthly, so it's all going to be till next year. So that entire campaign itself has had a massive change uh, on me as a person just because of the 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 way when when i first started playing it i didn't know i knew two or three of the people that i was playing with uh, there's eight players in total there's been a few other players who have come and gone in that time but um uh, I only knew two or three of them, but now we're all like proper tight knit group. You know, we'll do um, secret Satan as we call it for for our group. We'll go out for a Christmas meal. We do like Christmas jumper, uh, one like, special meetups and stuff. We do like a barbecue session. We normally play for about six or seven hours when we play anyway, but when we do like the barbecue session, we'll like start at eleven. In the, like do the barbecue at 11 in the morning and then at say 4 o'clock we'll start the session so we get like an extra 2 or 3 hours to play so that's like a mega session Um, and there's been events that have happened in that that have been we've all kind of bonded over so there was an instance where the we were going through our first proper dungeon we'd been playing for a while anyway but we were going for our first proper dungeon and the dm presented us with this uh what, what's the word for it this um menacing looking throne we did a bit of investigating around it and we found out that it was a throne to Orcus, and Orcus would give you a dark power if you sat on it our paladin left was like nope not having any of this and one of the other players left as well but the rest of us sort of fought over it and then started sitting in it and each of us got different things uh, one of one of us our warlock got a plus one to charisma our um gloaming which is like a homebrew race underground sort of race with wings and all that sort of stuff uh got the dungeon delver feet another one got a wisdom increase and all of that i sat in the chair and my character was a third level rogue third level ranger and got changed i think i told the story before but he got changed to a sixth level cleric to iun mm-hmm. i'd never played a spellcaster at this point this was my first ever spellcaster the dm did check in with me afterwards and was like was that change okay and i was like uh, yeah sure i mean i've never played a spellcaster before this makes me play a spellcaster so that's fine and um one of the other play the the one of the two players that left decided to turn around and was like i'm just gonna go back and see what they're doing and then sat <laughs> in the chair and he was playing a six foot eight uh, bear shifter, bear hide shifter, I think it's called. And as he sat in the chair, he got shrunk down to a uh, four foot eight or, f- or four foot five or something um, hill, or f- yeah, hill dwarf. And that was just absolutely hilarious. We were laughing our heads off throughout it. But the entire section that we went to afterwards, which was like a like a mini Curse of Strahd section, you know, it was a vampire and. Uh, one town and it was in control of one town and all that we had to fight and was just yeah so yeah that's my answer interesting I, I like how um you know you, you've obviously made some 
long-lasting friendships through this uh, this monthly game, which is uh, yeah, it's always lovely to hear stuff like that. Yeah, Scarlet. Oh, that's where I'm at. Um, Scarlet and I are related anyway. I'm married to Scarlet's cousin, and um, but we'd never really hung out before anyway. Um, she joined the table um, and played with us for a little while. Was sort of like a a, a guest then became a permanent member then had to leave but we just stayed friends after that and then obviously we've been through the streaming journey together as well so yeah that's really nice um and yeah good to know that uh that those links kind of keep keep coming up through uh through our streams Um, i'm gonna ask you for another question okie dokie do that that's a ninety-three. Ninety-three. Okay. How do you feel about fudging rolls? As a player, no, I don't like fudging rolls as a player. Uh, as a DM, um, it depends on the situation. I don't feel that it's right to fudge the rolls to kill someone mm. or to do something that goes against the players. But if you're like as an a perfect example would be for what we do. We have a certain time frame that we have we, that we have to record in. If there's something like a combat that's gonna take a little bit longer, then I might fudge a roll to sort of speed things up a bit so that we can end a bit more on time. Because obviously, a lot of us have other commitments outside of all of this, so we need to make sure that we don't take people's time up. So I would fudge rolls there, or if it's a good story element. I've done it a few times where I've asked for somebody to roll a dice, uh, a damage roll dice, for example, and they've left the enemy on, and it's the last enemy, and they've left them on five hit points. And it's not going to be another player's turn for quite a while. Uh, An NPC is going to go next, and the NPC is likely going to kill that creature so i'll have it that the player will kill the creature instead so i i I don't mind doing that and again it speeds up the combat as well so um yeah not to i I don't like uh, not that's not to say that i do it all the time it's only if i feel that it's needed and Mm. it's never to go against the players what about you how do you feel about it i i don't like it personally i would never do it as a player um as a dm i've only done it when i was playing with a a really new player so i just kind of glossed over a few like just a few bits just to make their experience a little bit nicer um and yeah there, there were a couple of moments where it was like this person's on one hp it's quite nice it's like it's quite a nice ending cool yeah, that you know, they stubbed their toe that day, so they were on one HP less, or something yeah. like that. Like, yeah, in that situation. But yeah, I, I, I'm reluctant to do it otherwise, and uh, I, I think my reluctance has has shown on stream sometimes. Um, but uh, fortunately for me, my dice, um, I, I don't need to fudge my rolls in uh, my players' favour because my dice do that anyway. <laughs> you're right. not quite. You're not quite cursed. No, um, unlucky, unfortunate. Um, 
I think we've got time for one more room. So I'm going to take us back in to the artificery of authenticity. And, um, I mean, you'll be glad to know that we're no longer in the bone zone, but uh, please roll me a d100 to work out quite where we are. Okay, so that is a 44. 44. Right, so... As we look around, you notice that uh, we're in fact in, in the tavern that we expected to be in. That whole Tarask thing must have been a uh, must have been a big mistake. Mm. But uh, jolly music can be heard all around, and amongst the patrons is a rowdy table of dwarves all drinking and clapping each other on the back. Ah, yeah, here, come set. What telling tales of our legendary exploits? Hafrukair has just been claiming that no one can beat the time they survived a shipwreck along the sword coast by teaming a plesia saw and riding it straight into water deep. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure that uh, you've done some much more uh, heroic things than that, haven't you? Well, go oh. on then. Oh, why, well, yes, I mean. Uh... A plethiosaur is nothing compared to that of a, of a Bahir. I once fought a Bahir single-handedly and and killed it. And then I took its eggs and made a nice omelette. It was a shocking omelette, you hear that, lad? <laughs> shocking. <laughs> I see what you did there, Bahir. They use lightning, don't they? I've got six arms and barely yes. reptilian. <laughs> I bet the omelette was terrible, though. It was, yes. It, 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 I didn't have the right seasoning for it. It's, a, it's, it's definitely an acquired taste. Mm. A flash in the pan, one might say. Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> and the dwarves, they all, uh, they all pat you on the back and uh, start rowdily just exclaiming and drinking and one other, another one tries to outdo you, but I mean very little going to uh, outdo the story of single-handedly taking on a Bahir. Just aside, did that really happen? Or was that foot? That was that pub boasting. Uh, that was one hundred percent pub boasting. Um, I mean, I did fight to be here, uh, but there was about six or seven more of, of in my party. I did get the kidney well, blow on it, though. That's all that matters, isn't it? In the end, yeah. a good story, and I won't help. Oh, good. Thank you. Right. Well, I think that. Uh, we're probably approaching the end of our time here, so uh, if you'll just follow me and as we walk past the tables of patrons and different people drinking and enjoying themselves, you'll notice that they're replaced almost in the blink of an eye with lathes and drills and bandsaws and vices attached to the tables and various projects which we'll keep quiet about. But, uh, I mean, you don't have to keep quiet about it because you're about to forget everything we've just done. Oh. Yes, I'm well, sorry about that. That's just the way it goes, isn't it? Sometimes you've got to uh, you've got to take a memory to give to to leave a memory, or something. Something along those lines, yes. So it uh, just leaves me to say thank you once again, everyone, for joining us for talking is a free action. You'll find us here every Friday from six p.m. BST for either a talk together or talking is a free action. 
You can also find us playing D&D on Mondays and Tuesdays from 6pm BST, where you can follow the adventures of people just like Devrim. All of these are streamed at twitch.tv forward slash RPG. VODs are available immediately after the stream to catch up. Or you can find all of our content on YouTube a few days later. So don't forget you can also enjoy them as a podcast. Many thanks again to our D20 Club on Patreon. If you'd like to support us, you could do so from as little as one of your local currencies per month. And thank you also to all of our sponsors and supporters. Devrim, you may now exit the artificery of authenticity. And uh, as you leave, the sign on the door is flipped. Before we read the sign on the door, is there anything you would like to say before we leave? Um, thank you very much for, for having me. I'm, I hope to see you again soon, even though I'm not going to remember any of this. And um, lastly... I've said it already, but I'll say again, you've got a really nice forge. Thank you very much. Uh, I uh, might leave you that one memory of uh, knowing that at some point you visited a very nice forge. Oh, even if you. you cannot find it or revisit it. So, as we flip the sign on the door, we can see the ancient question master proverb. Always stay classy at the table. <laughs>